Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And today we're coming at you with the most topical of topics. Uh, we're really trying to get this one out to keep up with the releases. Uh, today, we're going to give you an entire summary of what all was revealed this week during Warhammer Fest 2021. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was six days of reveals. Uh, and I know for people who aren't, you know, super tied into the hobby or who don't watch sort of all of the articles that come out relentlessly, uh, you might have not been able to keep up with six days of live streams and reveal shows and articles. So we thought it might be helpful for us to instead take all of that and condense it down into a little podcast form where we'll tell you sort of what came out. We will organize it for you into understandable groupings rather than sort of like how they spread it out. And also tell you our opinions and where we think this might be going in the future. Because some of these things they've revealed uh, are definitely going to pave the way for Warhammer for a little while. Uh, there were some large reveals here. And we won't be talking about everything. We're mostly going to be talking about the stuff that like we found interesting or we think are the most like interesting parts. Um, there's a lot in there. So if you want to go look at it yourself, uh, just go to the Warhammer community page. Yeah, it's all there. Uh, they've got... Uh, six articles, one for each day if you want to read every part in detail. Uh, some of the stuff, just not our speed. And we will fly past that pretty quickly. Uh, but I'm pretty happy there was some stuff that that was definitely my speed. And some stuff that has both of us interested for the future of uh, one of the game systems. Which I think is just delightful. Uh, also, before we dive into this, I just want to make a quick note... I know that there are some people on the internet who are really, really mad that there weren't more reveals. And I get it, but I just want to take a moment to collectively point at the world around us to give a frame of reference for why there might not have been as many reveals this year as there would have been otherwise. Um, you know, uh, we're recording this the day that they did the, the final live stream. It is 5-8-2021. And uh, there's very much so still COVID issues all around the world, especially in regards to, you know, shipping and production. And I imagine with everybody working from home, it has also hurt their sort of design process as well as their shipping. So just wanted to throw that out there that maybe instead of getting angry, we all just be a little cool about it this year. And next year, throw enough salt at them to make it look like Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you want to be mad about it, we can still be mad about it. We're just trying to give a little bit of reference. Just a tad. Don't get mad at other people for being excited. How about that? Like, you can be as mad as you want, but let us people that are just really stoked about it be stoked. I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think at all. Uh, so before we hop into that, though, as always, hobby time and games played. John, I'll kick it to you first. What have you been up to this week? built a desk, a new hobby desk, and I've been organizing it to, like, suit my hobby needs as I start the great rebasing efforts for rats. Oh, yeah, you're no longer going to be a hobby nomad drifting from surface to surface with your yeah. little tub of paints. Yeah, I got a tiny little, like, uh, like 
I have a small space uh, for those who don't know. So I'm using a small like 15 inch desk uh, to use for my hobby space for right now. And it's going to have a lot of, a lot of rats on it soon. I got a lot of rats to get done. Uh, so. Yeah, you do because I need something to shoot for target practice. Yeah. And I'll be starting uh, space Marines soon. Uh, our editor and my best friend, Seth started Necrons and was able to find an Indominus box. So he's giving me the space Marine side of that box. And I'm actually going to work on writing lore for them. Uh, like, we're going to try to make a show chapter. We'll talk about it more uh, later, but it is a handcrafted kind of like background for the chapter and all this other stuff. And it's going to happen. It's like a color scheme to kind of correlate, correlate with the, the channel. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I yeah. We have share, this little Colonel war guy icon that we just cannot throw to waste. Got to do yeah, something. Yeah. We have to, yeah. The Colonel war guy has to become like a, a figure. When we eventually run narrative games for you guys all to be entertained by, we there has to be a Colonel War guy for you guys to, to know and the continuity of the story. Otherwise, how will it make any sense? Yeah. Um, you know, I've got to make these more Barbie stories. My war dollies are very serious, John. You can't call them Barbies. They're action figures. Fine. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about you? What are you working on? Uh, uh, I was I was bad, John. I was bad. I did bad. I already know what you did, and you're not bad for it. I did a bad. So, uh, for people out there, as we uh, talked about on the episode that went up last week, I am a giant fan of dwarves. Love them. Love them. Any setting, doesn't matter. I just like dwarves. Um and in Age of Sigmar, I had tried to play Fire Slayers, and, you know, they're just not really my speed. Uh, it, you know, I didn't know this before I got into the hobby, but it turns out for me, like, the look of the models uh, and sort of, like, diversity between them is really important for me to, like, enjoy an army. Uh, which, you know, who knew? And Fire Slayers, you know, I struggled with that because they all look so similar. However, I still want to play Dwarves! And I have since I kind of set aside the Fire Slayers. And uh, then I read the new Bellacore book, which there will be an episode up on next week for people who want that summarized. And we thank y'all for watching our Techless video. We didn't think people would like it that much. So we're cu it's coming. Um, but minorist spoiler, the Caradron Overlords are in Bellacore. And they play a surprisingly large role in the story. And it kind of showed me more of them as a culture and as a faction. And... Uh, uh, it really kind of tickled my fancy for them steam dwarves. And uh, I kind of went into a lore dive reading some books and listening to some videos from 2 Plus Tough. And um, I, they really resonated with me. You know, I love the idea of a whole faction who went, yeah, I really don't need gods. You know, I've kind of got a ship, uh, a crew full of my buds, and a Winchester rifle. And that's about all I need to handle anything. So... Uh, we're just going to do that <laughs> and we're going to do it in sky boats. So after a whole lot of thinking about it, I went out and I got myself some Caradron overlords. I grabbed the start collecting box and I grabbed myself an engine master in a dirigible suit. And, uh, I spent my week building up that entire box and, uh, getting it ready to be painted. I ordered some new paints, some Vallejo metal color paints, which were hard to find. 
but I did find some and ordered them to get on the way. And um, yeah, I am largely getting ready for painting up these Caradron Overlords, which I think are going to be a really fun faction to play and, you know, push giant skyboats around the table. And there's very few models that you'll need to paint. So it's not going to be like the goblins or the orcs or my skaven where you're like, it's a dedication. It's just going to be like a, like a week or two. Oh really. yeah. I think it'll actually be pretty quick to paint. Obviously I have to wait for like all the paints to get here, which is going to, you know, I'm going to have to wait there. But uh, largely once I have the paints here, I don't think it's going to take me very long at all to paint the foot troops. Um, no. The boats are probably going to take a little bit of time because I'm going to put effort into them. Uh, but I think the troops are going to go pretty quickly, uh, which is very exciting. And, um, yeah, I'm enjoying them. And I hope that I'm glad that they are kind of like settling down towards the middle of the competitive chart in terms of power. Cause that's where I want to be anyway. So it sounds great for me. Uh, I also did do some work on the goblins, uh, earlier on in the week. I took those, uh, 40 goblins that I built. I glued them all to their bases. I uh, put basing material on all 40 of them, and then I primed all 40 of those goblins, which, God, took longer than I expected with an airbrush, but whatever. So I also primed up 40 goblins and got basic material on them, which is a time-consuming process, but hey. I mean, that's great. Yeah, it is progress. I just sort of like put in my headphones and zinned out for a little while. Yeah, that's going to be me here soon with this tiny desk. So I'm just going to be put on, like, I don't know, the community and watch it and play. Yeah, hammer it out, my dude. It's like Skaven rebase time. And then I have to actually put basing materials and everything. I haven't even started, like, basing materials for most of my models. It's gonna be, ugh, that's going to be the whole, the whole time. I know. I also just recently started basing models for a long time. I was like, yeah, I don't care to put anything on the bases. But now that I've been playing a little while, I I kind of now care to put stuff on the bases. So... Uh, I actually just ordered some more of that this morning from Geeks Wargaming, which has some incredible little basing materials. So, um, progress is happening. Uh, I am out of my hobby slump for the most part, which is a good feeling. And, uh, I'm hoping that that keeps on going with all of these reveals, because whoo, buddy, there was some stuff this week. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I guess hopping into the show proper, I'll mention... We were kind of looking at all the days, and we were at first going to just go through day by day. However, John brought up that it's not exactly the most intuitive, because they, like, the first day was Age of Sigmar, and then the second day was 40k, the third day was uh, novels, the fourth day was box games, the fifth day was 40k again, and then the sixth day was AOS again. And it's just, it's not going to be easy to follow. So instead, we have grouped them up into little chunks, and we will take them by sort of uh, game type to make it hopefully a little easier for viewers out there to follow what's coming out for the game systems that they particularly care about. And so first we thought we would start with the box games and the, mis the miscellaneous stuff that is coming out. Um, first and foremost, for people out there who are in any Facebook groups, you have probably seen the meme of people talking about crab. 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 That, okay, that kit is going to sell like hotcakes. For those who don't know, there is a uh, Idnith Deepkin warband 
that's coming out. And it's got like a fish on it. It's got a bunch of elves, but it's also got this huge crab. Just a crab. <laughs> yeah. And the internet collectively lost its mind about this crab. Uh, like they're the just battle crab. everything. Oh, it is great. I want this crab. I want this crab. Like I want to buy this this just to paint this crab. Like I. <laughs> yeah. So for people who play Warhammer Underworlds, you know they get a new warband. But for everybody else, we get a crab. We're gonna buy this for a crab. And honestly, actually, I, I like think... the fish. It looks kind of like a lionfish to me. Yeah. Which I th- I think is really cool. I think that warband specifically would be great for like a diorama. Like if you wanted to make a diorama for like I did Deepkin, that would be a perfect kit to kind of buy and like make this cool little scene. Oh yeah. And there's also that tiny eel behind the leader. Like it's, they're beautiful models. I don't play Warhammer Underworld, so I don't really have like a dog in that fight. I can't tell you sort of anything about the mechanics, but I will tell you the models are beautiful and i will say like a lot of the warhammer underworld's models that have came out are just great looking models like they're just they're wonderful Mm -hmm. it's a huge fan yeah uh they're great i think they're wonderful kit bash opportunities for people out there even if you don't play the game uh they also dropped some stuff for necromunda it's a an expansion for house delac sort of these crazy uh techno gangers who work in sort of shadows and mystery uh, they have some really, really kind of scary looking, uh, biotech models, I guess I'd put it that if you're into go look up the article, you will not be disappointed in those models themselves. They are gorgeous, but neither one of us play Necromunda. Um, so that one was kind of lost on us. And then the one that, Ooh, might've been our favorite miscellaneous reveal. At least it was my favorite miscellaneous reveal. Uh, John and I have talked on the podcast before about a novel series called Gaunt's Ghosts, which follows a a little troop of Imperial Guard. They are not superhumans. They are not demon-infused. They are not blessed by the Emperor. They are just normal guys with laser guns in a world that is overly large and trying to kill them. And uh, the novels are incredibly well written by Dan Abnett, and he's a wonderful writer, and he you can't help but feel for this troop of guardsmen across the novels. And they, it is maybe one of the most iconic 40k novel series, and we've talked about it here, about how much we've really enjoyed the books that we've read of it. And they revealed that they are going to release models for... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, all for six of the troopers, uh, including Colonel Commissar Ibram Gaunt himself. Uh, so you could have six of the Tanith's first and only in your own model collection. And they are very, very flavorful models that are beautifully sculpted. And they look how I imagine those characters in my head. And I... Like, I know you can't really do anything with them mechanically on the tabletop, but I'm just really happy that they exist. It's a super, super cool nod to all of the fans of that series. And I think, and well, I shouldn't say think. I don't have any evidence. I just have a hope and a desire. But uh, it's, Guard's going to get an update soon. And I think it would be really great for them to like keep this kid around and make like a new command squad using this with like a Tanith first, like first and only regiment in the guard book that would just be great like i would just love that oh i'd be tickled pink 
you would play that guard army like you would you would just start guard immediately again immediately i would give you all of my uh death core of krieg and i would just play tanith first and only yes 110 percent noted write it down you are now required to if that happens uh noted the the binding is sealed um yeah it was they're beautiful models they also revealed a number of novels that are coming out uh most of which not really all of that interesting to us um you know the siege of terra is continuing we all knew that was coming with the exception of one note that like john wanted to bring up quickly well i'm i'm interested in most of the novels they announced i want to like give some of them a shot i just don't know enough about them to really like speak about them on the show um but i'm definitely interested namely i'm very excited that like the necron uh book series got announced which shows that they're willing to make more than just imperium books which is great mm-hmm. uh but specifically i'm glad that they're bringing out two more anthologies for warhammer crime um because i read the no good men one and it was very good like it was very it was a very good anthology and it's 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 a lot of stories for like the the setting of 40k in a smaller format that isn't like big cataclysmic battles it's like small events like seemingly innocuous things but it's not like necromunda which is like very cyberpunky this is still kind of cyberpunky but it's got some like the normal everyday stuff it breathes a lot of like life into it and i'm a huge fan but there was one box game that joe i don't think you were really too into but i'm into i'm very into yeah, it's not my flavor, but I will admit the models look gorgeous. And they're in Salamander's Colors, which is always a bonus. It makes every Space Marine 100% better at hugging. And that's Aeronautica Imperialis. I was interested in them before because I like I really like the, the guard marauder and stuff. Um, and I really loved like the plane aesthetic right and it's it's smaller it's smaller game so like it wouldn't be too hard to play it's sort of like x-wing on a board with like hex tiles yeah and like they released a new plastic thunderhawk for it they released like a bunch of like xiphons for it and like storm eagles that's great and then they released like eldar planes to fight against it like i'm just i'm way more interested in it now that it's got a lot of support so that's something i might like tap into to play i don't know who else is gonna play it with me i might just end up playing by myself or just collecting planes uh who knows hard to say maybe i'll just buy a bunch of them and paint them and then hang them from like strings from my ceiling in my little hobby corner like a <laughs> <laughs> like a kid <laughs> like stars stuck to the ceiling glowing in yeah. the dark yeah uh but yeah space plane game interested <laughs> i just have this image of you trying to sleep just sorry babe the planes stay on the ceiling during sex <laughs> uh no like, like it's like a like <laughs> they're spinning and i just pew 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 pew, pew cool planes missile bang <laughs> god you would never get to sleep john never the add wouldn't allow you to ugh um let's see i think that was it for miscellaneous games um yeah there's more in miscellaneous we just a lot of it's just like out there yeah i will say like there's a book they showed us called steel tread which is about a tank squad in a demolisher tank trying to survive a war zone i'm interested just because i like tanks but yeah you're just a tank guy i just think tanks are cool but you know 
nothing that I think is huge. Um, however, there is some big stuff for the two big games that are sort of Warhammer's powerhouses. So obviously, there have War uh, Games Workshop has a a number of like board games and smaller games like Warcry and Kill Team and Warhammer Underworlds and Aeronautical Imperialis, but their two largest games uh, are, of course, Warhammer 40k and Age of Sigmar. Uh, which are just titans in the miniature wargaming hobby. And uh, we think we'll go ahead and hop into 40K first. So there weren't a ton of reveals for 40K. Uh, This is definitely more of an AOS-focused week, but just a note on that. That spotlight gets passed back and forth. Um, You know, like John and I were kind of poking around the community over the past week, and there were some people who were a little upset that, like, oh, I wanted more 40K. But, like, y'all... Why didn't I get squats? Uh, well, John, I want squats. Why didn't <laughs> I get squats? Um, but, y'all, last year was almost entirely 40k. Like, this is just how this works. When there's a new like, new edition coming for, a new, uh, for one of the games, they get the spotlight. So, last year, from, like, March... Through January of this year, it was 40k all day, every day. It was all of the Primaris Space Marines. It was all of their new models. It was all the new Necrons. It was the Indominus box. It was the codexes that came with it. The new Ninth Edition rulebook. And then codex upon codex upon codex. And it just kept coming. And Warzone books on top of that. Like, it was 40k all day, every day. And And that's not going to stop this year at all either. Like, Like, there will be more 40k stuff coming, but they do have another game that they need to promote. So, uh, now you're probably going to start seeing a lot of attention on Age of Sigmar because of what we're going to get into in the AOS section. Uh, so there was a little less, but don't you worry, there's stuff coming for you 40k diehards. Um, they did reveal the final sisters model. Which means they have now shown us all of the Sisters of Battle that are coming out in the new Codex. They are fully revealed. We we know what all is coming in the book. And uh, that Codex should be going up for pre-order here uh, sometime in the future, in the near future. Along with all of the new models. Uh, they also- and it is likely like the end of the releases for Sisters. Like it, it looks like with the new Codex release, like the Sisters range has officially been like fully released. That's what uh, yeah. it appears to be. They rebuilt all of the old models and added new stuff. Like, I think the sisters are going to be in a very cool and healthy place for quite a while. Uh, kind of like they did with Death Guard when 8th Edition dropped. Like, they just redid that whole line. And now they've been good since. Uh, so yeah. I hope sisters uh, have that same level of longevity. Uh, they also showed that there will be a new upgrade sprue for Cadian Shock Troopers, which are like the little foot soldiers for uh, Imperial Guard, and it, which gives some new arms and some new heads to better customize those models because they're older kits. Uh, however, the chests and feet looked all right, so the upgrade kit allows you to replace the arms and the heads, which were sort of the the worst part of the kit that showed its age. So you'll be able to sort of customize your Acadian Shock Troops if you, that's something you're into, which is cool. And as someone who's put together, like, Cadians, it's not too hard to just pop the arms off and pop the heads off and just replace them if you already have the kits. So 
Yeah, a, it's a pair of clippers will get those off in a GIF. I don't even think you need a pair of clippers, to be honest. Like, Well, that depends on what you glue things together with. If you glue them together with super glue, you can pop them off. If you fuse them together with plastic glue, uh... yeah, it's going to be a little more hard. Yeah. So that's a thing. That's cool. It, it could herald some more Imperial Guard stuff coming. Maybe whenever that codex gets here. We'll see. I'm going to say that will happen sometime this year. I hope so. Really hope so. Um, I think a little bit will go a long way with that particular faction. And then, oh, 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 the best part of this 40k reveal. Oh. The plastic Thunderhawk for Aeronautica, Imperial Atlas. No, you get. It's the orcs. <laughs> they, hot uh, orc summer. Yes, hot orc summer continues indeed. Um, so we we got the video uh, a month or two back about the the uh, what do they call them? Oh, the uh, beast snaggers, um, which are kind of more feral ish orcs who are all about hunting squigs and the biggest monsters. <laughs> And uh, they said that there were going to be more models coming for the Beast Nagas. And this week, they showed off the new Beast Naga models for orcs, which are just... Uh, they're gorgeous. Absolutely they're more than gorgeous. just feral orcs, too. Like, they are techno-barbarians. They are. It's very uh, Horizon Zero Dawn meets orcs. And that's a hell of a flavor. That That is a flavor I'm into. Um, and they're super flavorful. They're beautiful models. And uh, also, so people, you have to go to the day five, uh, sort of, uh, what are the, the, uh, John, uh, word, article. Jesus, I just had a strong call the Bonjolids. You have to go to the day five article because there is a video at the top called Saddle Up With The Boys that may be the funniest Best oh. video that Warhammer has ever released. Uh, we're going to run it down. We're going to run it down from Decide. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, a video narrated by not one, not two, not three, but four different orcs with four different strategies. And uh, it is just delightful. And uh, the new I like to think of it as the internal monologue of a specific, like it's just one orc, but he's having internal monologue with himself. <laughs> yes perfect <laughs> just amazing um so they showed off the beast naga boys which we already saw one of but they showed us the rest of them uh which i'm kind of interested on exactly what role they'll fill in the army are they like a replacement for orc boys or what they're gonna do but i'm interested they look gorgeous uh they also my have... bet is that those boys are a step above regular orc boys like orc, orc boys will still have a place and they're not quite knobs, so they're not going to take up an elite choice. They'll take up a troop slot, and you'll bring probably about as half as many of those as you would regular boys, and they can fill a troop slot so that people aren't forced to bring 90 boys in every game. That you'll probably still bring a big block of 30 boys, but you'll probably also bring some of these, like, Beast Snaga boys as, like, a 10-man squad. Because, they, like, they're in a box set, so they have to be troops. Like, there's yeah. no way they're not troops. Um so they're probably just like, I think they're two wounds. I think that they're just beefier boys that cost more and you bring, it makes orcs less of a straight just horde faction. 
I really hope that's the case, because I do not want to have to paint a bajillion boys. Um, so they showed those off. They showed off, uh, well, we already saw the Squig Hog Riders, which are gorgeous, uh, but they showed those again. And then also uh, a new HQ that is uh, sort of a, like a war boss riding, not a Squig Hog, but a ferocious Smash-A-Squig. Which is a squig with a metal, like a squig biped thing that has a metal plate on its head that is meant for ramming the enemy over and over and over. <laughs> it looks gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. They did a re, uh, there's an old orc character that they brought back and he has a new model. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Zodgrod Wartsnaka, who got a new model, um... And all of that is going to be bundled together in a, a box set that is going to be released uh, called the Beastnaga Orcs Army Set. And it's going to have the new Orc Codex in it. And that will be going up for sale here. Um, well, they didn't give a time, but they just said the near future. Uh, so if you're into Orcs, you can grab that box set if you want to add some more Feral Orcs to your collection. However... And you can fight Joe as he tries to do the same. Yes, because I will. And we must fist fight the parking lot, and if you win, I become an orc boy, and I just follow you around, and now you're the boss. <laughs> Them's the rules. I don't get to make any dig different. Dems that is how it is. Rules. That's the culture. Um, the, however, they also told us that they're... All of that is only half of the orcs that they're going to be releasing. And you, you missed talking about mega armor boss... War That's boss. where I'm getting to, John. I'm a pro like, podcaster. When I'm transitioning, John. <laughs> I am transitioning, Jonathan. It's called a segue. <laughs> and th the first part of the second half was revealed. And it's not a beast naga. It's not like a more feral orc. It looks like, you know, your big mechanical war boss. And it is a war, a war boss in mech armor. So it's a very heavily armored war boss with a giant two-handed chainsaw axe. And on his back, there is a heavy machine gun with a grot firing it off of him. And uh, apparently there will be more orc stuff coming of the more uh, mechanical variety, in, hopefully in the new orc codex. Um, I, I did not consider this potential possibility, but our editor Seth mentioned that he had a concern that he is really hoping that all of the new orc kits will be in the new orc codex rather than spread out amongst Warzone books. And uh, I didn't consider that, but I also really, really hope they just put it all in the codex. Just I don't think that would be the case. I think that they're much more likely to drop all of those models just like they did with Necrons in the new orc book. I think the most you'll see in the Warzone books is what we've seen already, which is Army of Renowned like supplementary rules and like sub-faction rules to bring those things in with like extra rules, not like the actual data sheets. Don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I really hope it's just all in the codex and it all goes up for pre-order at the same time and you can just buy it at your leisure. And Based you know, off of having the actual or codex in the starter box for orcs, I don't see them doing anything else besides that. Because yeah. why would they sell the box of Beast Snaggas with the Codex? The Beast Snaggas weren't in the book. Well, I think the Beast Snaggas will be in, but he spe Seth specifically mentioned, will the mechanical stuff be in that they haven't revealed? And I'm going to pull for yes, because if the answer is no, that's going to be upsetting. 
Well, like that orc war boss, like the orc mega boss, he's already in the codex. Like there Maybe? just wasn't a model for him. Yeah. I don't know my orcish model history because some of that stuff has come and gone so many times. Yeah, like I think that you'll see a lot of stuff coming in. I also think a lot of the new orc releases we're going to see aren't going to be necessarily new stuff. I think the beast nega stuff's the new stuff, but I think it's going to be like, hey, here's a, yeah, here's a new tank busters kit. Here's a new like, uh, what are they, uh, ludas, like updating mm-hmm. some of the older stuff that's kind of crappy looking now. Maybe a new orc boy kit would be pretty sick. I don't think they do that. That'd be wild. That would be wild. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, and also, we... So all of that's very exciting for orc players. Um, but as we were sort of looking around in, like, Facebook community posts, there were, again, some people going, But what about the Eldar? Uh, <laughs> y'all, I just want to... I just want to say... As the resident Tyranid player who doesn't get releases. As the uh, Tau player who just can't really play 8th edition right now. <laughs> like, the fact that orcs are getting so many new kits and that Necrons got entirely overhauled all within the same edition and we're still going? Very, very hopeful. That's nothing but good for us. That's nothing but good. Um... Especially because in all of these reveals, there wasn't a Space Marine in sight. Yeah, there, I was just about to say that. There isn't a single Space Marine, no Primaris. Like, the the only Imperium stuff you saw was Guard and Sisters. And they finished Sister stuff. So, like, they're going to have more Guard stuff in the future, I'm guessing. Because they need Imperium stuff to sell alongside the Xeno stuff. But it's not going to be Space Marines. Like, maybe Grey Knights. Because right. we know Grey Knights and Thousand Suns are coming soon with a box set because they showed that in a trailer. But I think it's going to be GW investing in Xenos armies. Like I think, like, it's, it's, I think this is good for yeah. you. Like I know your stuff isn't. I know you're not an orc player, but the fact that they're doing so much for orcs means that they might do a whole lot for whatever your Xenos faction is as well. So I would maybe chill out a little and just bide your time. Yeah, and I, I like I, I I talked to some people on like Twitter about it, and like they were frustrated, but then like got it. Like they were like, yeah, that makes that that makes sense, and they agree. Like they're excited about it. It is a good time to be in 40k, um, and like it's okay to be frustrated and mad. Like it's kind of a shame it's taking this long for Eldar to even get anything, and it's still a maybe. Like, if they don't get it, we can just rage. Like, we can we can all collectively just scream. We can all um, get together and lose our mind. Because it, th- what the current range for Eldar is is kind of atrocious. But, yeah, we we should see stuff in the future for it. I, they're a publicly traded company. They need to keep making profits. The best way to make profits is selling entire new ranges of models. We should just benefit from that. That will be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say for people out there, just to hold the line. It's you'll be all right. Just hang in there. We got you. It's okay. We'll be um, getting toys. It'll be great. We'll talk about your toys when they get announced. Yeah, we're just. I don't know. I want to try to keep the positivity up. I mean, like some people are negative and they have like really valid points, and I can't do anything about it because they have that persnickety, difficult trait of being what's the word uh, right, and uh, it's really difficult to kind of raise people up there. But some of the stuff, I think we can look at it positively instead. And when you have the option to be a, a little more um, glass half full, I, I 
choose to do so. And we try to push that here on the podcast. And yeah. now, no, some of this stuff you have to look at rather closely to be glass half full. But now we're going to go into AOS, and there is no squinting needed. It's all wins, baby! Um, for you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for me. I, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm only happy. Um, they showed off a whole lot of AOS this week. And this is probably going to be a good chunk of what we're going to talk about because there is a lot coming. There have been all sorts of rumors abound about what was going to be showed and a lot of it turned out to be dead on. Uh, and uh, not to toot our own horn, but even John and I were correct about what was kind of shown off. So to be fair, it was it wasn't hard. Like, it, was it was the worst hard kept to secret, but it's still a win. We take like, those. I don't think there was very many people who didn't guess this. Yeah. Um. So first up, they showed us uh, the final book in the Broken Realm saga that we've been talking about. Um, again, Bellicor, our Bellicor summary will be out next week. But it's uh, going to be the final book in the Broken Realm's narrative, getting the Broken Realm's ready and progressed for Age of Sigmar 3rd edition, uh, which we'll get to in just a second. And the obviously the book Kragnos is named after a new god beast who, who is, you know, a destruction god uh, called... The greatest Beast of Chaos model they've ever released, and it's not for the army. <laughs> Low-key a little mad about it. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, it, Yeah, they revealed that in Broken Realms Kragnos, Kragnos, the god beast of destruction, will be getting a new model. And it's beautiful he's this huge centaur looking creature with a giant hammer that is old and sort of weird looking from a society that i can't place and a colossal shield that apparently was strong enough to break the tooth of gork and you know these giant swoop back craggy horns that he is sort of the spirit of the earthquake embodied and he has awoken from underneath the mountain he was sealed under. And he is now, you know, mustering destruction to go accomplish a goal. Uh, and they told us that Kragnos, the model, the is going to be able to be taken in any destruction faction. As sort of a, like, kind of like Gotrek as a big ally. And uh, you could play him alongside your stuff. And he will give different bonuses. And he's going to be a huge combat monster. And uh, that's all cool. It's all cool. It actually like really fits destruction. Like the stuff we know of Kragnos, it all fits destruction really well. It's just aesthetically, he looks like a Centigor or like something that would really fit in with Beasts of Chaos because Beasts of Chaos ultimately as a faction really kind of fit the destruction mold aesthetically. So it's mm -hmm. yeah, there's overlap there, and um. Yeah, he's gonna be sort of a new mover and shaker in uh, the Mortal Realms from here on out. And I'm really interested to see what he does. Get it? Because he's the god of earthquakes. <laughs> <laughs> the movers and shakers. You're welcome. I'll be here all week. That was unintentional and you know it. <sighs> I wish I could claim it. So, but... moving on to the next piece that I am the most excited about. Uh, as we expected, 
they showed off the rest of Soul Blight Grave Lords. I don't care what your opinion is, Joe. Like, I actually do, because I love you to death, and, like, I'm really excited that you get to play, like, your vampire factions. The best model is Granny Vampire. Oh, my God. Babushka Vampire. Yes. Yes. Babushka. The Babushka. Yes. Grandma Vampire. Uh, like, uh, they showed off the rest of the faction, as we all expected they would. And there were a couple of new models that we did not see coming. Just, just did it. Simply did it. Uh, showed it. So they showed off a new centerpiece, which has the community in a tizzy. Um, it is a sort of centaur-looking vampire that's quadrupedal with these giant atrophied bat wings in the front and a huge abomination body. And then up towards sort of like where the head would be on sort of like a horse sort of creature. Uh, that's where the torso starts for a huge vampire. And it's like vampire torso there covered in armor. And um, I think it looks awesome. Gorgeous, sort of otherworldly, monstrous and sickening. Uh, however, there are some people who are absolutely raging over this model. I mean, uh, in the AOS groups I'm a part of, I saw like eight posts a day of people going, isn't this model bad? Uh, and to those people, I say, I'm glad that you don't want to play the faction now because I don't want to fight you for models. And I love it. So I think it's fantastic. I like. I won't play the faction because like... You and, like, our friend Gorwin are going to be playing the faction, and I just don't feel like being the third guy trying to collect this faction, and there's other AOS stuff I want to play, but, mm -hmm. and we'll get into that, like, I've kind of made up my mind, Joe, uh, but <laughs> we, it's great, like, the new vampire model looks amazing, I love the whole new range of vampires, and I do love that they're different than just normal gothic vampires. Yeah, I think a lot of people just wanted, like, pretty vampires on horses and stuff. And y'all, this is not that. If if you have played Vampire the Masquerade... I was just about to say it. <laughs> this is a gangrel release. <laughs> this is yeah, gangrel yeah. and Nosferatu. You, all you Ventures of Toreadors, get out. This is not for you. You had your time in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you had interview with the vampire. It's time to leave. Um, you can take Anne Rice with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we had like the Vangorian Lord, which is the new centerpiece. And then we got a new Radicar model. The big, like, beefy Russian looking vampire and Cursity. Uh, apparently, the rumors of his death are vastly over-exaggerated. And uh, he did not die. He was cast out of the city, but is not dead. And he is yeah. now back as a giant, power-lifting, monstrous vampire. And uh, he is going to be an HQ choice in the new book. And he just looks sick. So big, so beefy. What a lad. Spoiler I... warning for all you folks who uh, haven't gotten to play and probably won't get to play Curse City. But, you know. Yeah, that's a thing. Um... And I think his model just looks stunning. I love the gangrel sort of like animalistic vampire archetype. So I'm all in on this. Give me more of it. I was losing my mind. And then we get to what might be the best looking model in the little reveal. Uh, Belladama Volga, first of the Virkos. However, as John and I will forever call her, Vampiric Babushka. Babushka. 
she's an older woman with like this big fur mantled coat on top of a giant wolf with another giant wolf underneath that giant wolf uh and like she's riding this wolf side saddle and where her like boots would be on her feet she actually just has kind of like wolf like wolf feet sort of digitigrade uh and i i love it I love it so much. I and she's probably like a buff hero for the new uh, dire wolves. Like new yeah, that's wolves. Uh, the next. I think the last thing that they revealed uh, was that there's going to be a new dire wolves kit with like undead wolves. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you, John. I bet she's gonna buff those in some way to make them really interesting. Um, and I I can't wait to see that synergy. And uh, overall, like I I love the Soulblight Gravelords army. Uh, I know it is too weird for some people, and I get it. I totally understand. Um, but not for me. I love, like, some people have kind of tried to dunk on it by going like, this is just Castlevania, the army. Or this is just Spirit Halloween, the army. And like, yeah, I know. That's why I want yeah. it. Like, the, but it's blending werewolves and vampires, and I don't like that. Listen, I love mashed potatoes and peas together, so I'm uh, here for it. This is only but, better. This is only better. Give me yeah. that. Give well, me my giant than... bats and my dire wolves and my grandma vampire werewolf babushka. Just give it all to me. Yeah, like it's a very interesting and different flavor. It's very weird. It's very unique to AOS, and I think that's important, especially as they are... We know they are releasing AOS, like uh, the old world, like they're going to re-release the old world. So if you really like the old vampires, that will be coming out in another form for that game. It is important that the AOS stuff is separate aesthetically. And I think this is this is good for that. Oh, yeah. Um, as we have mentioned before, like I've talked about this before, everybody has kind of joked about how like the AOS uh, sculptors are just going nuts on some of these models. And that, like, the running joke in our friend group is that there has got to be some goblin chained in the basement of Games Workshop's design studio that they feed nothing but pixie sticks and cocaine day in and day out. And he just designs these incredible, crazy sculpts. Uh, these look like they are from that goblin, and I support his work entirely. Uh, someone... Please link me his Patreon. I will support him <laughs> all day, every day. I will be a top tier supporter. And I hope we keep getting these weird sculpts for every faction. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and it was a great way for me to get really hyped. And I, I don't know when this stuff is coming out exactly. Uh, again, with everything else, all they're saying is in the near future. Because again, it's COVID. Shipping timelines are very tentative right now. Um, but hopefully we'll get these for pre-order maybe before the end of the month, maybe early in June, who knows, but it's coming. And now they have shown off the entirety of the line. So that's cool. That's a thing that we have put to bed, which is super helpful because they, for Saturday's reveal, they dropped the whammy on us, the biggin, if you will. Uh, they showed us information about Age of Sigmar third edition. Yeah, and they talked about, like, vague rule stuff. They showed off some new art. They talked about, like, where the setting's going. I think there's a lot of space there. We'll we'll get into it a little bit. But Yeah, Joe, and uh, they even showed us some new Stormcast models. Yeah, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode because there's some spoilers. We'll yeah, let so you know before. 
in the non-spoiler bit, they showed us some new Stormcast stuff. One is a new hero, which is a a Stormcast woman with like a a spear and a sword and huge sort of angelic wings on top of like a swamp uh, sort of base. Gorgeous model. Gorgeous. I love the wing sculpt. Sort of like encompassing her, encompassing her almost angelically. Beautiful composition for a model. Absolutely stunning. I can't wait to see it show up in paint competitions. That that model and the new Stormcast they're showing may have gotten me to be a guy who wants to play Stormcast now. Yeah, uh, they also showed off, uh, along with her, a new Stormcast uh, foot unit, which will, it's sort of like the basic infantry, like Retributors. Yeah. Uh, however, they, they have a spear in one hand and their shield is kind of smaller with a slot for the spear. It it reminded me of Achilles and the Myrmidons um, from Myth, sort of that Greek styling with the little slots you could stab forward when in a shield wall. I'm a sucker uh, for a spear. Me too. It's my favorite weapon and it gets no love. Um, yeah, great little foot troop. And they also showed off something called an annihilator, which is a new type of paladin that has a giant shield, like round shield. And he's a, a beefy lad, too. huge hammer. And, uh, from what they have told us, it has a two-up armor save and hits like a truck. So, uh, those are going to be something. Yeah, it definitely feels like the Terminator equivalent in Stormcast uh, to 40k. Like, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, although a two-up save in uh, AOS is infinitely more rare than in 40k. So, that is a colossal deal. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, they also uh, talked about the new edition, and they talked about some of the gameplay designs that they're trying to do with it. And largely, they tried to make the base words uh, very clear, as they put it, so that there could be no sort of uh, misinterpretation of the rules. I think that's a little hopeful, help, uh, hopeful uh, but I like that they're that confident. Shows that they put a lot of time into it. Uh, they also talked about how they... They want the game to be more reactive and interactive as the turns go on. Uh, I think, you know, we have all experienced a moment where we go, all right, it's my opponent's shooting phase. Uh, I guess I'm just going to go get a beer. I'll be back. Tell me when you're done. Or, you know, all right, it's your magic phase. I have nothing I could do with any of it. Uh, I'm going to hit the restroom. I'll be back. Um and you kind of just sit there for long portions of time, not really doing anything other than watching. Uh, and I, I guess they're going to try to do something about that, um, which is really cool for me because one of the things I like the most about Malifaux is that I was always engaged, even on my opponent's turn. And uh, I would love for that to kind of pull its way into Age of Sigmar a little bit. Yeah, it, it'll probably never be as, as intense as something like Infinity, but any small amount helps. Oh yeah, anything to kind of break up that turn time is just gorgeous. Um, they also teased uh, this a new faction that will be going toe-to-toe with the new Stormcast in a box set, as they do at the beginning of every edition. Uh, but I have no idea what it is. So, John, walk me through it, because I'm entirely ignorant. I, and many other people on the internet directly afterwards, went Famir. Um, Famir are a, like, copyrighted creature kind of thing for forty for uh, old fantasy. They're, like, one-eyed swamp creatures that are, like, a mixture between, like, a troll and some other stuff. Um, and in 
like old fantasy they were like were in fens and swamps and stuff so i i feel like that's where it's gonna go and based off of the way that the trailer kind of has that like creepy like grim fairy tales vibe to it a little bit like there's a rhyme in it that kind of stuff i think like a grim fairy tales like troll famir thing would be really cool like bog witches or maybe like a fey thing like yeah like bog witch famir would be super cool yeah, uh, I don't know nearly enough to have an opinion on it, but I would be cool if that's it. Like, And I'm willing to bet that we have, we know at least a handful of people that if we went, there's a bog witch faction in AOS, they'd go, what? You mean there's a bog witch faction? I'm, my wife would immediately go, I, I didn't want to say it, but I know that more? your tell wife would more? go, Joe, Joe, you need to buy me the J- Joe. I, the bog witches if that was how she sounded i'd be a much less happy man uh Brit, no uh britney Brit, i think britney would also play it personally like that's just uh yes that's my, i think they would be bog witch friends and they would play it for all eternity yeah um yeah i hope that's it because she will be in hook line and sinker and it would just be super fun and i feel like we don't have a whole lot of like a a fey theme running throughout uh warhammer uh so anymore we can add that in I'd be game. So now, for folks out there, we're going to have a brief discussion here at the end of the episode that is going to involve some spoilers for Broken Realms Bellicor. Because they gave us some information about what caused these new Stormcasts to be created. Why they were made, how they were made, and what their job is in the Mortal Realms. And there's no way we can talk about it without spoiling... Broken Realms Bellicor. Um, so, for people out there, if you do not want Broken Realms Bellicor spoiled, maybe you're reading it yourself, or maybe you're waiting for our video next week to tell you about it, uh, I totally understand. There's no hard feelings. Feel free. Stop here and uh, go ahead and move on past the episode. We totally get it. I hope y'all have a great one. Um, for people who maybe already read it or they just don't care about spoilers, now we're going to get into sort of the the narrative. So again, final warning for spoilers. All right. Okay. So uh, for people out there in the final bit of Broken Realms Bellicor, a, a huge play was made by the first Demon Prince, where through a, a long scheme that was centuries in the making, he caused chaos, like pure chaos to creep into the realms and begin spewing forth out of some of the realm gates and covering the skies with this inky miasma that started to spread. That was chaos incarnate with faces leering out of the smoke and the clouds spreading across the realms. And I'm pretty sure that, like, the art for that they're showing off with the new Stormcast character of her, like, cutting through the, like, big cloud of, like, warp tentacles and everything else. I, be- I believe that's what they're calling as the Chaos Waste Warp Storm stuff. Yeah, I think so also. That, that's how I pictured it. Like yeah. a writhing mass of, like, oil slick mat of, like, oil slick meat and chaos. Yeah. And uh, at the end of Broken Realms Bellicor, what this did was that when Stormcast died underneath it, they couldn't shoot back to his ear. Uh, normally when a Stormcast dies, their soul becomes lightning and they fly back to the Realm of Heavens to be remade in a new body and sent back into the fray. 
But here, when the lightning tried to pierce through the clouds, it was torn apart, and they died permanently. Uh, a whole storm host died this way, and a second one almost died, and so did a third. Uh, so what they told us in the reveal show was that these new Stormcast are more acutely linked to the realm of heaven. So that when they die, they could pierce their way through this miasma and make it back to the realm of heavens. Well, Unlike I the think... other Stormcast, who will be unable to return home. And they also kind of like... Uh leaked about some stuff about Grugni and that Grugni helped create this new armor that they're wearing that helps anchor them and like make them more powerful. Like that's what the lightning strike armor is. And he helped create it. Like that's what they were talking about. And that's got some ramifications that I'm sure we'll find out about in the next Broken Realms book that we even we don't know. So uh yeah. Yeah there was a piece where Grugni showed up in Broken Realms Bellicor which was incredible. So I guess he's out and about and moving in the setting. He's doing stuff. Um, he's helping Sigmar to try to retake the realms. I will say, like, I think I'm really hoping that there is more information to like what makes to like what is going on here. Uh, because the way they described it was just, yeah, they are stormcast that can return home regardless of the chaos waste. Uh, and if that's it, I am a little underwhelmed. So here's my theory, right? Um, and that is because they also talked about that. Even that isn't always successful. It's just you're more likely to be successful through this. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that they actually, like, when they shoot out of their armor, um, they have to fight through the, 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 the cloud. And I think that it's going to cause, like, you know how there's the reforging process of, like, it makes you more, like... Like, you lose more of your personality. I think that it, it's going to create, like, it's going to worsen some effect. Like, there's going to be a secondary problem by continuing to do this to make it to where, like, why not every Stormcast is going to have it and why it's dire. And this is, like, the vanguard. I, I hope. Because I would hate for this to just be, like, Primaris Stormcast. Yes. Uh, which is what it sounded like from the preview. I'm, I'm sure they were being typed-lipped uh, to, like, to not reveal too much. So... There is, I'm hoping that there's more in the books, but for currently, I'm a little nervous. I uh, think... Because I really that... don't want it to be like Bellacor finally got a win after thousands of years of planning and many, many years of a narrative, and then immediately the gods go, eh, yeah, you... Eh, we just shoot through the cloud. It's fine. Um, so I've got a couple of theories, and that is like that we're going to see a lot of more stuff in Broken Realms. Correctness. Personally, I think Broken Realms Kragnos is kind of going to put a cap on AOS and a time frame. And then when we go into AOS 3, we're going to have a time skip. And with the time skip, we're going to start seeing, like, this is what Grugni and Sigmar have gotten up to to answer as Stormcast. The realms have kind of become a little bit more hectic because not only is destruction on the rise and death is waning and kind of have infighting, but also chaos. These chaos storms are all over the place. So it's. It's a whole new type of, like, endeavor they're going to have to go out to, like, fix problems and do stuff. And I think that'll that'll be neat if that's the case. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that it's going to be these, immediately afterwards, these Stormcast, <laughs> like, were made. I think that the, the cost is going to be that they've lost ground. They've lost, lost footing. I hope so. Uh, I think a time skip would be neat. I don't think we've done that yet. Um... But we know kind of so far that in Broken Realms, uh, 
uh, Kragnos that the goal is going to be to siege Excelsius to break open the gate to his ear. So uh, I hope that that's a thing that is like one and done. I really do not want a Siege of Terra 2 where we like fight over the the Golden City, not in space, but in another realm. Uh, I hope that like Kragnos smashes the door open and goes, well, I succeeded, bye, and like leaves to go smash other doors. I hope that destruction takes over the entire realm of beasts and the realm of beasts is just now in construction destruction's hands like there's yeah. no it is there, there is no cities yeah like shyish is basically that for death uh the eight points is that for chaos like have something like that for destruction yeah that this is their territory and going there is you know you don't go there unless you're ready for a scrap yeah and i think it w- that would also be a good setting for destruction to start making some cities and to have some agency, because that's what I really want out of AOS 3. Like, I, I love Destruction, but so far, Destruction, they don't have characters. Like, it's just, they are used as a very simple villain to go, oh, yeah, Destruction's here. They they destroyed that town. Moving back to our heroes. Like, yeah. I, one of the things that 40k does well is that when an antagonist like that shows up, they're really good at kind of putting you in the mind of the antagonist and explaining why they're here, what their goals are, what are they looking to get out of it, how their battle strategies work, how that ties into their culture as a whole. They probably give you a couple of characters that you could follow with it, whether that be, uh, you know, a Chaos Space Marine Legion, whether that's like Eldar, Dark Eldar, Tau, uh, you know, Necrons. They're really, really good at personifying the antagonists for the Imperium. And I feel like Age of Sigmar struggles with that terribly. Like, there are a couple destruction-named heroes, but they just don't get anything. And even um, with, like, orcs in 40k, like, the the big force of destruction in 40k, uh, they're a significant problem. And they show it through, like, the narrative in different ways. Like, the orcs are the second most populous threat to the Imperium, and the first being the Imperium. Like, they... They love to say it's chaos and heretics and all of their stuff, but it's mostly like the Imperium makes a lot of its own problems and causes rebellions and like chaos traitors and all this other stuff. But it's kind of like it's humans fighting humans. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest threat to the galaxy as a whole, other than Tyranids, like an, is an existential threat, is orcs. Because orcs don't ever go away. They always come back. They're fighting everywhere. Every faction fights orcs at some point. Like... Well, and you can't break them on morale. Like, what are you going to do? Cut off their supply lines? Whatever. Yeah, like, they just keep just coming. They'll just smash some metal together, and now that metal's a gun. <laughs> and, like, the orcs were a problem for the Big E. Like, he was a problem for the Emperor back in the Great Crusade. Like, it, and they're still around. Like, the, the orcs are really well done, in my opinion, in 40K. And they're still comical. Like, they still are comic relief. They're still, like, also a terrifying enemy, when you conceptually... And uh, they're, the stakes are still high with them, and they're a great antagonist. And they're honestly one of the best parts of 40k. Well, And, and it's also, kind of a shame it's not like that for Age of Sigmar. Yeah, and I think also the key there is like, uh, Mag Orog Thraka, like Gordrak, is a character with yeah. ambitions and goals and, and like people who are his rivals. And you can tell stories around him, and they do. Uh, but for Age of Sigmar, 
we just don't have that. Like we have Gordrak, the fist of Gork, who is a named orc who is supposed to be like the head of this wall who is Gork incarnate. But I couldn't tell you what his voice sounds like. I couldn't tell you what his goal mm -hmm. is beyond fight stuff. I I couldn't tell you who his nemeses are or how he like rose up through the ranks. Like I, I can't tell you any of that. Same and thing also for like Scarsnick, who is not Scarsnick, uh the Loon King for goblins. Like he's a named character. I can't tell you much beyond he wants to know where the moon is and he brings goblins to destroy stuff. And you kind of see that problem among a lot of the AOS characters in general because you've got gods doing god stuff and then you've got lower characters. And so the stuff the lower characters are doing don't really interact with the god stuff too much. So it doesn't feel right. Now I'm hoping Kragnos kind of changes that because like, is this Loon King going to stand up to Teclas? No. Is he going to stand up to Sigmar? No. Kragnos, though, I really want to see Kragnos just, like, <laughs> suplex Teclas. Just just take Teclas, <laughs> suplex the book nerd. Like, it'd be great. Uh, but what I do think, like, that they've done really well is over time, they have given a number of Order heroes uh, sort of characters and motivations that, like, isn't going up against directly the Chaos Gods, but just being a pain in their ass. Uh, you know, running around and taking on their followers little bits at a time and they give that little group some character and then they did the same thing for death and like giving all of his mortarks some character and motivations and personalities and now they're more fleshed out and i'm hoping that now it is destruction's turn to get the same treatment and they become more complex narratively not just like mechanically, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I would love to see some books following them to like tell us Gordrak's motivation and what he's doing, uh, to tell us the Loon King's motivation, to like give us a named ogre and follow what they're doing. Like I, I want more of that. I'm a simple man. I want to see Godric and Kraknos fist fight while they're surrounded by Skaven. That's yes. all I want. Like yes. I just yeah, I want to see who wins. Uh, although I still am waiting for Gotrek to go give uh, Nagash a swirly and like bounce his head off the floor like a basketball until Nagash gives him back Felix. <laughs> well, like Nagash like recovers from the thrashing he gets from Teclas. He just wakes up and goes, ah, I need coffee. I've been dunked on. <laughs> and he looks over and he sees Gotrek sitting there and he goes, hey. I got a steaming cup of something for you. And then just kicks the shit. <laughs> Cash, where's my, where's Felix? Where's my boy? Show me where my boy is. And, I, and the guy's going, ah, fine, I'll give you your boy, but stop. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want Gotrek to, like, take Nagash to the top ropes and throw him off over and over until the manling is given back to him. That's what I want. Or maybe we'll find out that, like, Felix was made a Stormcast Eternal. That would be sick. Tell me more. Um, yeah, there are a couple of narrative threads I'm going to be looking for in AOS 3 as it unfolds. And I'm just, I'm interested. I'm excited. Um, I want to know what this new faction is. And overall, I think it is a, a good time to release it in terms of the game. I just really hope that the production issues are solved before it comes out or... Oh boy, it's going to be hard to fulfill all those orders. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Cause those new Stormcast probably going to sell like hotcakes. 
I let's I mean, assume I want that the new, <laughs> yeah, you want them. Like, let's assume the new destruction faction is equally enticing. We don't know what it is yet, but let's assume it's equally great. They're going to sell like hotcakes, so you're going to have those two individual orders flying in. And the box set's going to be out, and if both of the factions are enticing, not only will, like, the individual boxes be ordered like crazy, but so will the box sets. And recently, they haven't been able to keep up with the box set demands. Yeah, um, yeah. So I see a potential storm on the horizon logistically, um, and I hope that that's not the case. But I guess only time will tell. If the new box set is Bog Witches... Versus Stormcast, Eternal, Warrior Lady, and Spear Dudes. I'm down. I'm just going to say that now. We should just buy that box. Because you know Amanda will want it. And I want to paint Angel Lady and have Stormcast Spear Dudes. Hmm. We will see. We will see if your Famir prediction is correct. And when we do know, don't you worry, y'all. We'll, we'll release videos, keeping everybody up to date. Yeah. There will be many talks of AOS 3 as we get closer to its release, uh, probably late in the summer. And they're going to be drip-feeding uh, sort of releases and hints as we go along. Um, and for everybody else, like, I want to thank y'all for sticking with us for an hour and ten minutes. I know this has been a bit of a long one, but it was six days that we condensed down into a single hour of talking. Um, so I'm hoping it was helpful for everybody who didn't get to keep up with all of the releases and all of the live streams that they did every day to give you just a little bit of context around these things that are releasing. And uh, as we hear about more stuff, we'll try to keep people in the loop and we'll keep the content coming. Uh, as we've mentioned a few times, uh, Broken Realms Bellicor going to be up next week, Monday, yep. 6 a.m. And... Uh, Whenever Broken Realm Kragnos comes out, every people seem to really, really enjoy our Broken Realm summaries. Uh, so we'll do that one also. We'll try to get it up as quick as we can after it releases. Uh, we're a smaller channel, so we don't get anything early. Um, maybe in the future, if we get a little bigger, that might be possible. So we'll yeah, we'll have to wait to get the book when all of y'all do. But we'll read it as fast as possible and try to get a video up for you. And if you'd um, like to give us support, you can like, subscribe, message us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that fun also, stuff. We are on the social medias. Uh, show it to yeah. your friends also at a channel of our size. Just a little bit of organic growth is always great. And uh, we appreciate y'all doing what you do for us. It, it makes this fun. Uh, but for yeah. now, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide and Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all next time.